Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Opinion or Opportunity. I am your host, Don Gringo. So we are back at it, my friends. Flat Earth Part 2. David is going to answer your questions and talk to your comments. That's right. I said it. Anyone who did it, David responds, and he gives answers back. So are you ready? Let's get started. All right, so Dave, good to have you back. I know we've been talking for a couple of minutes here, but uh, so we're going to do round two. I'm going to tell you, you got a lot of love. You got a lot of great fans out there. Um, you do <laughs> seem to have a lot of people who want to um, follow you and like, you know, talk a lot of it, crap, it, we'll say. Uh, you it, know, they just can't buy it no matter what you do. You know, you got a couple of stalkers, my friend, but uh, let, let's get into such a. Don, it, it it's such a uh, Don. Sorry, it's such a uh, um, exciting topic. People just get so excited, and and uh, we get we all get ahead of ourselves. So you know, you're gonna have all sorts of people, and then there's also people that can't wrap their heads around it, and they defend the ball even though they don't know what the model is. And so you know, you're gonna get all sorts of feedback on these shows. I get it. I get a lot of love. I get a lot of hate. Um, and it makes a nice soup, if you ask me. Well, no, before we get going, I just noticed. You got to talk about that T-shirt, my friend. <laughs> it's enough said. I mean, we are living. George Orwell is rolling over in his grave. And, and uh, you know. I don't even know where that comes from. That's why I was saying you got to talk oh, about oh, that. So in the, the, the book 1984, which all junior high or high school students were required to read. Uh, you probably had to read it in school. You just don't remember. You probably it, don't. It's a required reading. And it's basically it's about a dystopian future where they have total control over society. And, you know, and and it's exactly what's happening today. We are way past what this book did. There's a movie. Watch the movie. Uh, 1984 by George Orwell. Okay, I'll watch um, the movie. Oh yeah, you're gonna watch it. It's a basically become a documentary. Okay, well, watch, I'll watch that, and we'll, we'll have to talk about that. So, <laughs> what we're gonna do today is let's start out with the questions, the comments, concerns yeah. <laughs> we want to call them. Before we go there, okay. let me just ask you a quick question. Right, I'm just gonna flip it. You know, we had uh, we we met quickly. You're like flat Earth. All right, I'm I'm game. Let's talk about it. You had no idea. We yeah. had the the great interview, great conversation, and. Um, how have you, how have you, how have you been? What have you, have, has it, your head been spinning like the earth isn't? Well, you know, um, I look at the information. I, I will, I, I will say, I'm sure you, you watched some of the comments. I know you did. Um, I know we got a lot of them. I'm sure you didn't watch all of them, but um, I want to first say that to anyone who, cause a lot of people were commenting to me. I appreciate the love and respect I got from your audience, obviously that followed over. Um, about the interview. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I will always try to do my best to make sure that you and any guests get the respect that you deserve. Um, as far as the way I, I look at it now, there's um, some points I really need to wrap my head around. I'm not saying I, I'm on board. I uh, just, there's some, some room for contention that, you know, I still have to. Lots you know, of room, right, lots of room. Right. And it's not something like overnight, like I can jump on a bandwagon and be like, Hey, listen, but, um, as a former soldier, I can't, I'm one of those, I, I, unlike take the hill, I'm not a take the hill type of guy just because you tell me to, I want to, I want to see for myself. So 
I get it. I respect it. There, you brought up a lot of good uh, key points that really need to be delved into more. Right. Um, and I really think need to be confronted on a, on a bigger scale because so uh, the 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 scrutiny the the critical um you know scrutiny that you're putting flat earth under is the way to research things the problem is nobody put the ball under critical scrutiny we were just shown a couple memes of planets in a solar system as a kid they showed us a core section of the earth they told us some stuff they showed us no proof they told us the sun was x distance away and we all just believed it because we were told by a teacher, a guy in a jacket, a guy in a bow tie, and we never put the critical screws to it like we're going to do here to the flat earth. So just remember when you're, when you're giving the flat earth um, that, you know, that hard look and, 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 and scrutinizing it, you got to do the same to the ball um, because most no one does. No, you know what, though? I'm going to – I was thinking about that. I was actually going to – I'm looking for someone. It's not very easy when you're a brand-new channel to get people who will let you interview them. That's one of the biggest things. Um, sure. I'm looking for someone to do the opposite now. Prove to me now that the world – you've been telling me the world is There's round nobody. forever. Prove it. <laughs> There's right? nobody. There's I'm, just, nobody. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm looking for it, but I haven't had anyone say yes. It's been it's been very weird uh, when you're a brand new show, um, and it's funny because everyone sees my podcast. My podcast is small. My YouTube channel is small, but I'm bigger on other platforms. It's growing, um, and I appreciate all the um, love and support from your fans. But I just gotta I gotta look at this in a, in a, a very objective way. Um, like I said before, when it comes like religion, I was baptized, confirmed. I was an altar boy. Uh, I was no Catholic. Uh, I mean, at one point, my family thought I would be a priest, and I ended up in the Marine Corps instead. Um, and I'm one of those people that now I'm agnostic. I'm not saying that there isn't a God. It's, I think man screwed this up. Like, you know, I screwed up the Bible, screwed up this, because man is greedy by nature. So I look at it going, there may be a God, but I think man messed it up. Man messed up religion a long time ago. So prove to me that your religion is proper, right? That's, that's the way I look at it because religion has been well around, well around well before the Bible, well before a lot of other major mainstream religions. When you talk about, um, um, you know, look at some of the, the Celts, you know, you want to go back into all kinds of major Europeans, the Romans, the Greeks, I mean, you want to look at major civilizations, they all had religion at some point in some form or fashion. Um, so I look at it, go, just prove it to me. That's all I ask. Let's go. We're going to let's, gonna, go. We're gonna, we're so gonna let's analyze off. the heliocentric religion. So right, there we go. So we're going to talk about that. So one question I want to get out. So like we had previously talked about, uh, we got a lot of love and support, but there was a lot of con some concerns from a couple of your fans. So I want to ask you in front of everybody, did you feel that the interview went well and did you get out of it what you need? Oh, I loved the interview. I thought, I thought it was great. It was your excitement as I was explaining things was just like it reminded me of me when I was learning about this and you couldn't wait to get the questions out. You asked me, you know, question on top of question on top of question, which we all do. And I, and I, I gave you to hold on one question at a time, which I have to do to any person that actually listens and thinks. Because when you listen and think, questions start bubbling out of your head and you want to fire them out. So I thought we had a great conversation. It was one of my favorite interviews, to be honest. I appreciate that. So let's get in the first one. This is one of your major haters so far on my, on my Oh, well, I, there's so many. <laughs> so there's so there's many, so many, but 
Uh, Kenny G two weeks ago put out there, uh, please show me where the Bible says the earth is flat. I'm not a Bible guy, um, but the Bible talks about the four corners of the earth. I don't know how you do that on a sphere. The Bible, and again, I'm not the right guy. Okay. I'm not my co-host, Matt Long. We'll check him out at Woke Town on Instagram. He has all these short videos, Bible videos, Woke Town on YouTube. Um, one word, Woke Town. And he uh, explains it. There's also a video um, on the app called, uh, uh, under the biblical stuff, it's 200 Bible verses. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen, excuse me, is there's only one passage and it's Isaiah something where it says the circle of the earth. Well, my table is a circle. A coin is a circle. A pizza is a circle. Uh, a circular lake is a circle. It's flat, but it's a circle. Um, it never says sphere. It never says ball. So again, so hold on the Bible, right there. So you're going to argue the, so you're going to argue, argue have... the Bible forever. I'd like to look at the science. No, but you answered the question right there. So what you're saying is you actually have a video on the app where it yep. talks about 200 different phrases from the Bible that, that support the theory of flat earth. Right. Flex. Okay. And God says the earth does not move. It's firm in its footing. You know, mm -hmm. Genesis, the first page in the Bible, it says God separated the waters from the waters and the, the, it's firm and immovable. I'm not the guy. I'm not the Bible guy. I was the guy that I'd be listening to somebody talking on whatever subject. I'm like, this is great. I got pages of notes. I'm like, these guys are the best. And then they'd mention the Bible and I'd tear up all my notes and unsubscribe just because they said the Bible or, you know, that was me years ago. So the Bible, in my opinion, supports the flat earth, but I don't lead with it ever. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, you're trying to separate religion and science. I, I appreciate that. I mean, because a lot of people tend to use that as a crutch because it's the oldest, most widely published book in the world. Now, I'm, I'm just saying that's what it is. Yeah. So some it's, to some, it's a religious book. To others, it's a, a book of whatever. But it's still, they refer to that, and it's hard to there, there's some people the Bible, right? There's some people that say the Bible is you know, translated and corrupt and, and changed by man. There's other people that say God would never let them change the Bible. I wasn't there. I don't know. So I'm not going to have that argument. Well, I, I will tell you this, that being a Catholic, when I was you no know, practicing Catholic, that there has been at least, uh, I'm talking major revisions now, three major revisions of the Bible. Not minor. There's been many multiple minor revisions. I wasn't now, there. No, no, I know, but <laughs> I've, I've studied this topic, you know, obviously, yeah. because like I said, at one point my family thought I was actually going to be a priest and I actually went and became a soldier. Yeah. Um, so I know there's been multiple revisions and the only problem I've had with the Bible when it comes to revisions is instead of lifting humanity up to read the Bible, they kept dumbing down the Bible, right? Which means you take words and you're not giving them the same meaning nor context nor, or anything that it used to be, right? So now it's been translated in, I would call a bad way. That's just me. Um, I think if you're going to educate the people, you want to bring them up. You don't want to dumb the Bible down. And that's that's why I had a problem with the Bible and man-made and whatnot have you. So we'll, we'll worry about that later. That's a whole other conversation. So, um, so you know what? I, uh, if you want to have that conversation, I'll, uh, I can hook you up with my co-host, Matt Long, to interview him and have that entire conversation. It'll be fascinating. Abs absol absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not a, a person who I haven't been practicing for a very long time. I just okay. know enough to sit there and say I, I know a little to, yeah, okay, 
we can do this. Now, as far as looking at it from a flat earth theory, I've never looked at the Bible in that in that situation. So I've never actually went back to reread the Bible and say, okay, flat earth fits in this way. You know what I mean? It's It'd be a long reading and a long study. <laughs> the Bible never talks about the earth moving, never talks about planets, never talks about it. It talks about luminaries. And I, again, I, I want to get away from this topic because yep. I'm not the Bible I guy. Get I get it. So Gary Morris, three weeks ago, um, there's another p uh, point I was hoping Dave would make when he described a heliocentric model. How is it possible that we see the North Star Polaris stationary in the center of the night sky and all of the stars in the constellation rotating around Polaris in the heliocentric model flying through space. So the heliocentric uh, excuse for that is everything is so far away that, you know, the Earth, the globe Earth is rotating. You got an axis of rotation and you draw that axis out for 90 trillion miles or whatever, how far Polaris is. And it's spinning and Polaris will stay stationary. But that doesn't work. If you're not at the North Pole, it's going to be making, you're not going to have these perfect circles. You know, if you think about the way the stars turn, it's, imagine a disk of stars above us. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying a disk where the cent the whole, the center, you know, the axis of rotation is Polaris and it's spinning above us. That, no matter where you are, would make circles in the sky. And Polaris is, for, I'm at 42 degrees north, so Polaris is like up there. And as I go farther south, Polaris gets lower due to perspective, only perspective, okay? I'm about to put out a new video, uh, a short video. It shows a, uh, um, a chemtrail for a whole nother, uh, that a plane is making, and it's coming right at you, and it looks like the plane is going straight up. But it's really <laughs> flying straight at you. Perspective makes it look like it's going straight up. So as you go south, Polaris goes down, 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 down. And when it gets close to the apparent horizon, the air is so thick, you can't see it. And it looks like it's set. And that's why they say you can't see Polaris south of the equator. It's only because, you know, it's too low on the horizon to see and too far. But, you know, there, I think I mentioned in the last show, there was an observatory at 30 degrees south latitude that occasionally can see Polaris. And it would have to be going through a thousand miles of curvature, um, or I don't know the exact number, but hundreds of miles of curvature, you know, to be able to see it. But it can see it sometimes. So okay. the whole, so the the if, I think he was asking, you know, me to make the point: how is it possible? It's not possible. It's not possible on a spinning Earth because we're spinning, we're orbiting. We're moving in three different directions at once, and we look up and we see these perfect star trails. It makes it makes absolutely no sense. Okay. Well, see now now you turn around and that same person who likes to who wanted to bash you every which way he could in this video, he says Dave won't explain it because he can't understand what watching other stars rotating around Polaris is because the Earth is rotating on an axis. See, so now you just proved this guy wrong. But he did he did point out. Um, Think of Orion. You can only see it for half the year. So that's not true. Orion, you can actually see um, all year long. Um, I, you can see it, it, that Orion is one that actually proves flat Earth. It's an equatorial constellation, and you should only be able to see it half a year. But it's lower in the sky at you know certain times of the year, and there's certain times like in the summer you don't see it as much 
I think it's the summer because it's daylight longer, right? And and there's certain constellations you don't see just because it's light before they set. You know, they're right. spinning around, and because of the light and dark, we shouldn't be able to see any of the same stars six months apart. Because here's the ball, here's the Earth, and here's the you know we're looking this way is in July. So I'm looking at all of these stars, yep. and then six months later. We're over here, right? The sun's in the middle, and we're looking that way at all the stars. How am I seeing these stars? Okay? We're looking 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Now, you could argue, well, if you look up to the north, you know, you can see both, which is, which is nonsense. You know, we're moving, I forget the number of a, a billion miles a day, or it, it's just ridiculous. We're going, you know, um, we're going over half a million miles an hour times 24 hours, right? We're every day. That's just one of the directions we're going. But every year, every decade, you know, the stars are exactly the same on the same night in the exact same position from year to year, to decade to decade. They're at the exact same position, even though we're traveling billions of miles, corkscrewing through this crazy beehive of a of a galaxy where stars are going in all different directions the stars never change they would change they wouldn't be the same from night to night one two nights in a row let alone decades when i was so so, you know, so the, for the layman's term what we're what we're really discussing here is say let's take midi medieval times or say the renaissance era when people were really into when astrology and, and whatnot was really starting to take off. So basically sailors didn't have compasses and things of that nature. They had to use a star chart. And what you're pointing out is the stars that they were looking at hundreds of years ago are the same stars they're looking at today. How is In the that exact possible? same formation, right? Right. We're, so, you know, when you look at uh, any constellation, whatever it is, it's just a big dipper. Those stars aren't all on the same plane, right? They're not all drawn out all at the exact same distance. They're all different distances, but just by the way we're looking at them, we're seeing the Big Dipper, okay? But if you know, they, I, I believe it was Cosmos, which was the biggest mind-melding uh, brain control of, of the 80s or whenever that was. They said if, you, if we moved over here, it wouldn't be a Big Dipper because all of the, their orientations would change, okay? Th these stars are moving. We're, we're moving, but they're always in the exact same position. The only way that could be true is if they're all fixed in their position above us, spinning around us in some sort of fixed... Fixed axis. Fi fixed well, not just fixed, a they're fixed axis, but they're, they're fixed in their position. So they're in something. And I'll call it the firmament, the dome, the disc, whatever you want to call it up there. But they're fixed in the position. And they're close, and they're within the Earth system. So the only question I have then is, if everything's the same, then why are the stars not as bright as they used to be? Oh, the sky is filled with crap. I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked <laughs> into the... <laughs> yeah, we polluted the crap out of it, right? So that's Well, it's not just pollution. I mean, a whole other rabbit hole, I don't know if you ever looked into it, is uh, Stratus... Uh, um, atmospheric spraying they're spraying this guy you, you've heard of chemtrails right a of big course. conspiracy theory and uh, i've been doing it for 15 20 years um and everyone says it's crazy but now they admit that they're spraying the sky with aluminum barium strontium um they're doing it to stop global warming right it's all nonsense why are they doing it 
who the hell knows? I mean, is it to control the weather? Probably, but it's something much bigger than that. But they've dimmed the sky because my opinion is the heavens above, which are right above us, um, they're trying to disconnect us. They're trying to disconnect us with fear, uh, with poisons. You know, they've calcify our pineal gland. They make us think that we live in this heliocentric, godless or distant god universe. Um, and they're, di they're trying to disconnect us from the heavenly bodies above. Now, the, the, I believe, this is me, not, the, not everybody, but a lot of people do, that the stars, all of the luminaries we see, the sun, the moon, the stars, um, are, are sentient in nature. They're, they're energetic forms that are, that are part of our life. That's why astrology is the real science. Astronomy is complete and utter scientism garbage. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm glad that we went down that route because, you know, like I said, there, you have one guy who just really wants to put it out there. So um, let's get into this. Uh, it says, this is from Joel Driver. He says, I like what Neil deGrasse Tyson said when asked about the flat earthers. He said they exist because of the complete failure of our educational system. He went on to say that they are simply <clears throat> not teaching critical thinking skills. Something yeah. as simple as sunrise and sunset completely disprove earth is flat as both would be uh, impossible. What do you think? So, so those are ad hominem attacks, and uh, that's all he's got. And he doesn't understand. I actually just put out a video on my DITRH channel um, on how perspective and uh, and um, the how perspective and the the how sun, sun excuse me, I can't speak how perspective <laughs> makes the sunset. Um, and, and let me just describe it for you guys, and then I encourage people to go watch the video. So imagine you have white fluffy clouds, spotted clouds all in the sky, and they're all sitting on a cloud deck. They're all at the same height, 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet, whatever you want to call it, okay? And when you look up, you know, the one over your head is straight up. But 20 miles away, when I go down to the water, New York City is about 25 miles away, the clouds are actually touching the water the way my eye sees them. Right. Okay. They're touching the water. Like I can't see the difference. That that cloud line becomes the horizon line to me. Now, if I had a camera, I could zoom in and open up that and and see that those clouds are not touching the water because I'm zooming in, making the angular size bigger. The sun is above the clouds, and as it appears to go down, it goes beyond the clouds. So here's that cloud deck. Here's the sun, and as I move the sun away it looks like it's setting, okay? Right. See that? So, so the, the, the analogy I drew was, I'm standing at the water's edge, I'm looking at the clouds 25 miles away, and I drew, uh, imagine pulling a string from my, right from my eye line to those clouds. My, the way I see that string is it's paralleling the water all the, way, all the way there. It's staying right at my eye level. But if you were standing underneath that cloud 25 miles away and could see the string, would you see a line going across the water? Or would you see a line coming from 10,000 feet sloping down to my eye? Be sloping. You would see the sloping line because you would look up and say, oh, there's the string. It's 10,000 feet in the air and it's going all the way down. And there's Dave 25 miles away, that little spot, right? So now you have this line. So my arm is the line, okay? Mm -hmm. And the sun, I'm trying to go, the sun is just moving away. And as the sun goes beyond it, it sets, right? But because of perspective, 
I'm seeing the sun down here. So you're seeing the sun. You're seeing the sun here. My fist is the sun. It's going down like this. Right. And so perspective, sets. so perspective plays a big thing. You being on the beach and me being underneath, the, the sun is setting for you, but not for me. Right. And, and correct. But, but it's really just crossing that line, but perspective, but perspective brings that line to high level. It's, it's all perspective, but I'm going to show you, I, I actually loaded this video. Um, this is what I call the sun fade out. And I put my drone up at uh, uh, on a super clear day, um, super, it has to be super clear, no humidity. And the sun would go down, 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 and then it would stop right at that horizon level, okay? And it would literally sit there for 10 minutes, and it wouldn't go down anymore. One, that proves we're not spinning. But as you can see, it's slowly shrinking, and before it goes below the horizon, it just disappears, into the thickness. This is a perfectly clear day. Here it is again. It just disappears. Now, my friends at the beach, they saw the sunset bottom up 10 minutes earlier. Okay. But I can still see the sun from my position, from my drone. Looking, right now. It's actually staying consistent and going back. It's just going away. But right. because they're lower, their cloud deck, their, I call it the atmospheric deck of opacity, um, the sun literally goes beyond it and looks like it sets at eye level. Okay. And so, so Neil deGrasse Tyson has also said, I will never talk to a flat earther because they're not worth our time. The science is settled. Science is never settled. <laughs> right. Science well, I mean, never it's, not, it's not science if you're not challenging ideas, right? Right. So, I mean, this, this is Neil deGrasse Tyson's world. You know, show me this, Neil. <laughs> this 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 is him okay yeah that's that's a pretty big model right there and yeah yeah but like you said though i mean show me where the stars would be the same in the sky right if you're traveling like that why is everything the same so. it's impossible right right they just say because of the distances and you know we've we talked about how you know you can't see the distances that they say. You can't see a light hour. A light hour away is so far away, you couldn't see our sun at one light hour, um, you know, the way they say it is. Okay. So let's okay. move on. You got flying solo here five days ago. He says uh, the spacesuits were allegedly used uh, on the moon uh, would be a great use for Antarctica. Yes. Well, we are told temps are from positive 250 to minus 208 Fahrenheit on the moon. So using those suits... Mm -hmm. uh, in an uh, Arctic environment would be great. Why hasn't anyone uh, re uh, reproduced those suits for such use or even in the desert? So why aren't we using something that supposedly is used for space? They won't, even, they won't even put those suits. I'm just loading a couple images. Sure. Um, they won't even uh, put the, an astronaut in a land-based uh, vacuum chamber in one of those suits. Really? Because, yeah, because, because they, they, they won't do it. Um, because they can't think about this. If you have a bag, like a Ziploc bag with some air in it, okay, and then you put it in in a low, you know, bring it on. You ever go on an airplane with a water bottle and it blows up, or when you're coming down, it shrinks down? Right. Pressure. That's because of the pressure difference, right. right? How is their little snowboarding suit that they're wearing, okay? How come it doesn't blow up like the Michelin Man? I mean, if you put them in just a low pressure system, they would explode. But supposedly they're in a vacuum, you know, 
where where their suit isn't just blowing up like the Michelin Man? Well, I'm not sure he's talking about the normal spacesuits they wear and probably inside the shuttle. I'm thinking he's you no know, the spacewalk suits where they're outside the shuttle and yeah, yeah the big like, boy like right this. there. Yeah, yeah, the big so, boy. So yeah, what? But how is that material not expanding? I mean, how come you know the the vacuum chamber they have on Earth? It has like the walls are like 11 feet thick of of lead. Okay, they're, it's just ridiculous, but. They can survive in the tin can in space, you know, and they don't have any leaks. And if they have a leak, they can fix it with duct tape and gum. I mean, you heard they had a hole in the space station. They fixed it with gum, I think. <laughs> and duct tape. <laughs> well, duct tape fixes a lot. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm a big fan of duct tape. <laughs> duct tape fixes a lot. Whoever invented that was a real genius because that fixes a lot. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, neither one of us are uh, experts on spacesuits. Um Right. But if you look at their spacesuits, they're literally, you know, they're snowboarding suits. And and well, one of them, I one of them that far. I mean, the gloves, the gloves screw on into, you know, I mean, we're talking like heavy duty material you, here. You should watch them suit up a guy at Mission Control. It takes like three guys and it takes like an hour. But the guys on the moon did it themselves in that little lunar lander who they've never even explained where the suits were and the helmets were when they weren't wearing them. I mean, there's no space in there. It's when you look at this stuff, it is laughable. They landed in the, in the lunar lander um, with, with a, with a car golf clubs in this thing. They're in this thing, which is made out of duct tape, <laughs> uh, you know, curtain rods, tin foil. There's a car in there. There's golf clubs, there's space suits, two fully grown men. Okay. Wearing diapers. It's the, it's the biggest joke. Transformers, baby, we're in the Transformer world, right? Yeah, I mean, it, people just don't want to put critical thought to to things, and they they just believe believe anything. Okay, well, we have another one here. So, from Equal Temp three weeks ago, Don, just something to think about. Almost every planet in our solar system receives sunlight. Pretty much anyone can prove this for themselves firsthand. Mercury, being one of the closer planets, is more than a hundred million miles from Earth. Yet the sun makes the planet blindingly bright during the day. Flat Earthers believe the sun is small and close by the, their figures about 3,000 miles from Earth. As you can devise, the problem becomes painfully apparent. Ask Dave to show you the math they use for calculating the sun's distance from the Earth. Ask them the same when it comes to the sun's size. And then there are only a few issues among many that they will try to evade. No, absolutely not. Well, I'm not going to try to evade it. I'm going to tell you straight out. We don't know the distance and we don't know the size. We don't know. And neither does the heliocentric model. The heliocentric model says they know the distance of the sun. And the way they figured it out was one day when Venus, which is about the same size as Earth, by, uh, uh, transited the sun, they measured it from the East Coast and the West Coast. And, you know, they it transited at slightly different times and they did some uh, some math. And they figured out how far the sun was. The problem with that is they assume Venus is the size of Earth. Okay? They just, they just said it. Venus, if you look at it, it's within the Earth system. It could be the size of a friggin' orange or a basketball. Or, you know, it could be 100 miles across. I don't know. Um, and no, no, no one knows. I, I challenge anybody to get a non-reflective surface. Okay? Like a basketball or a potato or something. And shine a light on it, and then, you know, where you can't see the light that's shining on it, and then, you know, from 100 yards away, 
have that light reflecting off of that. So, so it's actually casting a shadow on you. Like the moon casts a shadow on, you know, cast your shadow onto the ground on a full moon. How is a dusty, dirty ball reflecting sunlight so bright that it's bright enough to cast a shadow? And, uh, you know, it, the, I don't know if we talked about the inverse square law of light, which is something they don't teach you, is when do you have a bright object, if, it's, if, if you're looking at it and it's one lumen and you go half the distance, it's now four lumens. And if you go half that distance, half the remaining distance, it's now 16 lumens. And you go half the distance again, it's 64 lumens. It quadruples, okay, the brightness. It's called the inverse square law of light. And the same as when you go away. Well, if you calculate the brightness of the moon, and the moon on a full moon night, I think it's maybe 10 lumens. But let's just say it's one lumen, just to give the ball the reflective idea um, an advantage. And if you keep doing the inverse square law until you're about 100 miles away when the astronaut supposedly took a nice picture of the dusty, dirty, gray sand ball, um, <laughs> it would be – I forget the number, but it's millions and millions of lumens. It would be as bright as the sun. You wouldn't be able to take a picture on the moon because it would be so bright. I mean, if you look at Mars – and now at the time of this recording, um, I think all the planets are going to be in the sky for the next couple of weeks – and you look at Mars or Jupiter or Saturn, they're brighter than any star, okay? These things that are millions of miles away, farther than, the, than we are from the sun, are able to reflect back light brighter than a burning star, okay? That makes no sense. Okay. The stars that we see, the, all of the sun and the moon, are their own lights. They, they produce their own light. Venus, in my opinion, is very similar to the moon. It's just more distance. It has phases. Um, you know, we see Mars, you know, uh, we see Mars in the sky. It's, 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 br it's brighter than any star. I mean, Mars is out tonight. When you go out, take a look at it. It's, it's, it is its own light. So this person is assuming, you know, that, that uh, other planets are reflecting sunlight. This is a picture from NASA, the latest picture of Pluto. Okay, this is the latest picture of Pluto from NASA. They actually put Pluto the dog on there. Um, maybe it's just a coincidence, although Pluto and Disney's Pluto were discovered and created in the same year. Okay, here is, oops, I just, I just X'd out a picture. Um, here, I'm going to show you a picture of Saturn. Um, where'd it go? Saturn. So this is the picture of Saturn. Um, from 2016 and 2014, okay? And in 2016, they were able to, dis to take a picture of this crazy aurora. I mean, doesn't that look real? <laughs> but Saturn is a gaseous planet with whirling, you know, a circular storm and clouds. If you overlay these, and I've done it, and I turn the transparency up and down, they are the exact same photo. This is from NASA, Two years apart, and it's the exact same photo. Both official NASA pictures, okay? NASA is lying about the images they show us of other planets. Therefore, you can't believe anything they say. And, you know, get your uh, Super Zoom P900, P1000 camera from Nikon. Zoom in on a planet. It looks nothing like what NASA is showing us. We can zoom way in with, you know, our optics have outgrown their lies, and we can see stuff uh, that they didn't think that we would ever be able to see. You know, they, it looks you know, like you know they the just famous... put it through it. It looks like they just went from 1080p to 4K, right? 
Yeah. And they put so, a blue glowy thing on top. This is the famous picture of Saturn that's in every textbook. It was taken in 1982. Is that what it says? Yeah. I see it backwards on my screen. But they didn't realize that we'd have Photoshop. You put it in Photoshop, and down here you can see it's just layers, blocked layers on the layers. It's just a Photoshop. It's This wasn't even probably even done in Photoshop. It was done with just layers, and they took a picture. Um, it's the biggest, easiest fake job ever. Oops. It's amazing the amount of fakery. It, it's overwhelming. And uh, and people will cling uh to to hold on to it. Hold on to their their you know their beliefs. Um planets are not there just the, so the person knows we don't believe that there's other planets. There's luminaries in the sky. That's all you can say about anything you see in the sky. They're luminaries. We don't know anything else. There's light coming off of them. We don't know how far they are. We don't know what they are. Oh, you lost your mic. You're silent. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oops, sorry about that. There you I, go. You're back. I fell on. over. I actually hit the mute button. Yeah. So I'm going to throw one out there that's my own, right? So go ahead. we're on the sky. We're on luminaries. Explain comets. Have you ever seen one? Yeah. Haley's comet. Yeah, right? In person. Well, no, I saw it in the sky. Oh, you saw a comet in the sky. Did it have a tail? Yeah. Haley's comet, okay. right? All right. So w did you see it? You, you saw the tail? I believe so. I mean, it's been you a while, believe right? believe so? You see it on TV? Do you no, see it no, no. I'm talking standing outside. Okay. I, I mean, I've looked and I'd like, I, I, I think I saw Hell Bop, if you remember that one. I think so. Um, so, again, anything above our heads, the only thing truthfully you can say is that they're luminaries. We don't know what they are. But if you take comet theory, how come the sun doesn't have a massive trail? It's moving over half a million miles an hour. Okay. Why doesn't it have a tail? That's. So that, that would pose a question. Why doesn't any planet spinning in the galaxy have a tail? Right. 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 Uh, uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just asking because, you, for can, instance, you have can comets. We talk about you have comets supposedly that show up once and done. And then you have comets like Halley's Comet that come back around, right? So they come around every 76 years. Right. Um, I, I, I put the comet in the same category as wandering stars, also known as planets. And things uh, perhaps, you know... There's other luminaries that are in our sky that, you know, we don't know what they are. You know, the 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 Halley's Comet is a luminary that comes around every 76 years. Okay. It's on a very slow path. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm not, ups you know, I'm not running away from the question. There's lots we don't know, you know, but we do know that we don't live on a spinning ball. Let's talk about gravity for a second. Um, so... The sun is a massive ball of gas, of hydrogen, so big that it gravity holds on to the Earth. You with me? I'm with you. All right. And the Earth has its gravity, but are, the gravities are both the same, just in different amounts. You know, the sun gravity is the same as Earth gravity. It's just more powerful, right? Well, there are opposing forces, too. They're opposing, but, but it doesn't matter. They both have gravity. We're talking about the same gravity. Not the same amount. Gravity is gravity. I'm not right. talking about two different things. Right. Okay. So the earth is falling around the sun in this beautiful circle because its inertia is going away. The sun's pulling it in, but it's falling around the curve and that's, that's the orbit. Okay. So while that's going on, the earth has grabbed on to the moon. Okay. And the moon is falling around the earth. What happens when the moon gets right, you know, passes right in between the earth and the sun, how come the sun's gravity ignores the moon? Because if it didn't ignore the moon, 
it would at least tug it a little bit, if not completely steal it. Okay. It's true. All right. It never tugs it. All of the planets, you know, Jupiter or Saturn, they're all going around. When they all line up, what about all their gravity just giving us a little tug, let alone destroying the entire solar system? None of it makes any sense. N- NASA can't even do what's called a three body problem. They can take, hey, you got an Earth ball and you got a Sun ball and the gravity, and boom, the model will work perfect. Add a third object into there, let alone a fourth or a 20th object, it can't model it. it. The whole model falls apart because of exactly what I'm saying. The gravities will start pulling on each other and everything will go out of orbit. Well, that's what I was trying to bring up. I mean, I'm looking at your picture, but truthfully, it's opposing forces anyway. I mean, <clears throat> you got the sun pulling on us. You got Earth's gravity pulling back. I mean, and then you got to figure out if is Earth's gravity really strong enough. I mean, it barely holds a plane in the sky, never mind supposedly right. the moon. And, and you saw, like, if my fist was the Earth, the moon is a friggin' BB like 30 yards over there. Right. Okay. It's ridiculous. Well, like I said, Dave, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I never said I, I was on board, but I always said you did bring up some, some, you know, interesting points of view that you, if anyone who's willing to think on any topic would listen to you say, okay, well, this, <clears throat> even, even if it was just an exercise, there's a lot of good questions to be asked. And then once you start asking the questions, it's like, okay, well, I can see where it could be possible. If you're being honest, you can see where it could be possible. If you're critically thinking, it's definitely something that could be possible. Again, it's proving everything. Like I started out with, it's proving science is right. Right. So let's get into the next one. Um, says, uh, this is Adam. I'm going to say this name wrong. Sylecki. It's all very nicely explained by uh, Michelle Gibson in 1850, 1851. Uh, massive mud uh, flood event caused by artificially caused by artificially by negative fraction and civilization reset. It's all about started with the Philadelphia experiment and time travel. I wasn't there. Neither was, uh, was he in 1851. Um, we have very little information about the 1800s. We have a lot of fake information. I encourage anybody to on the app, go on the web link go to the mud floods page and watch the, all the videos on that list. And uh, you'll fall so deep inside a rabbit hole. You'll never get out. <laughs> well, he's, he's saying it's all because of the Philadelphia experiment. We're in this time problem. Um, right? I, I can't speak to that. Sorry. Come on. That's in our lifetime though. Right? Yeah. But I wasn't there. Uh, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> wasn't there. Don't know. <laughs> um, this, this, I'm not. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It probably did, but I can't really speak to it because yeah, I wasn't no, there. You know, that's one of those things like Area 51. You just don't know until you get inside, right? Until you're right. actually inside. So, let's. Joel Driver puts out another one. I'm offering Dave Weiss or any other flat earther a hundred k for live stream feed from the this uh, ice wall or dome you claim exist. Uh, well, set up the, right next to it, so we can all see for ourselves. It should be pretty easy. If they're both real, uh, they would extend around us for well over 3,000 miles. Who's going to take my money? Yeah, well, no one's going to take his money because, you know, there, there's a video on my channel, which is there's you can act. This is actually one thing that still works on Google. Go on YouTube or Google, whatever, and search Antarctica ice wall. There's millions of pictures and videos of the ice wall. 
It's not a wall like the Game of Thrones. It's the shoreline of Antarctica. Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. When you get to the shoreline, which is away from the north, the North Pole's in the center of the flat Earth, you get to Antarctica, that's the ice wall. So you can just, I'll give him my PayPal address now if he wants to send me the money. Um, <laughs> and you can't live stream from there because there's no internet. There's no electricity. You know, there, I mean, you can go to maybe McMurdo Station. Maybe they'll allow you to use their internet. But the, the ice wall is a real thing. It's not the edge of the earth on a disc floating in space. That's flat earth society nonsense. And, uh, you know, that's it. Uh, the, the dome, well, if I can explore the outward lands of Antarctica, maybe I can find the dome there. But I certainly don't have a rocket that's going to take me up. But there's, you know, there's evidence of rockets. You know, the Go Fast rocket apparently hit something at about 73 miles up. We don't know what it is. It's some viscous, thicker substrate. Um, don't know what it is, but you know. And there's also whistleblowers from Antarctica talking about the sky ice, where uh, there's this blue ice that they study down there that's so cold um, they can't transport it anywhere out of Antarctica because it just dis it doesn't melt. It shrinks and disappears. It doesn't leave a puddle, and. Uh, it, so it basically evaporates onto itself. It it ev I guess evaporates. Like, it's it's like a dry ice. It's like a like dry ice, I guess. Um, and some people think it has it's frozen oxygen. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Haven't touched it. But there's again. Uh, I just featured a video on the app recently uh, um, showing about the sky ice. So again, you can learn about that stuff. So live streaming from uh, space. That's the straw man argument and. The seawall, the ice wall, just go look. You don't have to, there's a million videos. It's not even anything that a real uh, ball believer denies. Okay, so let's go on to the next so one. Because Antarctica is the highest land on earth. When you get to the shoreline, there's like a 200 foot wall. Then there's an ice plateau that goes on for hundreds of miles. And then there's a mountain range that's higher than Everest. They don't tell you about that. Okay, what's beyond that mountain range? I don't know. You know, the Antarctica Treaty doesn't allow anyone to to anyone, no corporation, no person is allowed to independently um, explore Antarctica, and you can't even question it until the year twenty forty one. I thought it was forty three, but it's only forty one, so it's two years less than I thought. <laughs> only two years left, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So I got another one. It seems you've been holding out on me because let me see, Yui, 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 whatever, uh, ninety nine. Uh, many cultures believe there is some, uh, to be some sort of paradise at the center of the earth. So uh -huh. I guess you've been holding out that in flat earth theory, there's some sort of paradise in the center or something. <clears throat> um, so again, I, I I can't go there. You know, they've they've brain uh, they've programmed our minds that nobody wants to go to the North Pole because we all saw the National Geographic where the guys went to the North Pole with their sled dogs and it got darker and colder and they were getting frostbite and their fingers were falling off and the dogs were running out of food. And, you know, we saw this and then they got there and they got their GPS. They were like, you know, 10 feet, five feet, we're there. And then it's like dark and snowing and 140 degrees below zero or whatever it was. And then they're like, yay. And, and they're like, and I always said, how does a cameraman not freezing to death? And then they had to, <laughs> they had to do all of that in reverse. And, it's a, and then basically we saw this. No kid after seeing that goes, I wonder what's at the North Pole. I want to go there because they just saw that nothing's there and it's brutally cold. Well, interestingly, no flights are allowed to fly within 
I don't know how far from the no flights go over the North Pole. Maybe it's a thousand miles on each side. So that's 2000 miles. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's 3000 miles of no one's allowed to fly over there. If you go on Google Earth um, and you go try to look at, you know, images of the up that far north, they're all cartoons. There's no real images. I mean, you can go look at a. Let me ask a question, though, from a from a strategic point of view. I mean, Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be kind of dangerous to have a plane fly over, say, the center of Antarctica where there's nothing there anyway? I mean, if a plane crashes, you're dead. That's that's all that, so that is a, a programmed response. They no, could, no, they, I'm just saying from a military point of view, I no, don't know. I, I know it's a shorter way between two lines. My question yeah. though is if there's some type of malfunction, some type of whatever, you yeah, I got you. land, it's like no one's getting to you in any way. No, right. fast. It's How often happening. do planes crash? So, you know, you got to you got to look at that. So uh, you, you think that someone would have done it. Someone would have done it. It's never been done. But forget going over Antarctica. Just go from the tip of Santiago. They're like 55 degrees south. Stay at that latitude and go all the way over to, um, you know, you're at the bottom of the ball. Go all the way over to uh, to to uh, Sydney, to uh, Australia or, or, or New Zealand. So you're down here on the ball. You just take this short trip. You don't go under like that. You just go around, right? That would be, and there's Easter Island out there. There's a whole bunch of places you could stop, okay? And there's bigger spans of ocean that people fly over than, than, than that trip. But nobody ever does that. They go all the way up to the north. They go across and they go down um, because, you know, it, 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 so here's the here's the Mercator map, and so this, this, down here, Australia and Australia is behind me over here. See? Yeah. So that straight line between those two would be the shortest route. And there's islands out there. There's landing fields. There's there's you know stuff, but they don't. They go all the way up there, and because this is what the Earth really looks like. Okay, they're going in a straight line. Right. There's no shortcut. Between here, Australia, and Santiago. No, that's okay? the way You can't way go this way that's the scenic and route. pop out over here. Right? But on a ball, you could, but nobody does it. Wonder why. <laughs> it's the scenic route, my friend. We're taking the scenic route, right? Right. All right. Well, I got, uh, let me see here, another one. It says, uh, I know the curvature, curvature math of 8 inch per mile squared is bogus. And I have a real trouble with the spinning speeds, but I have worked with satellites for 30 years. I just cannot buy. Oh, this is that balloon one you answered. So what was this guy getting at about GPS uh, with balloons? The, the balloon theory GPS. You, you I don't believe that, that GPS comes from balloons. I believe that there's tens of – I don't believe it. I know it. I mean, and NASA admits it. There's tens of thousands of uh, satellites hanging from balloons all over the world, and they can control – their approximate locations by controlling their altitude because, you know, the winds, um, the winds, the winds, uh, can you make screen sharing available so I can show you, show you, show you guys something? Uh, I think at one participant can screen share at a time, multiple participants. Simultaneously. Okay. There you go. So, so, um, so looking at the app here, if I, if I turn on the, the winds, let me, uh, whoops. What is going on? There we go. What is that? I suck. I've never seen that. I don't know what that is. That's the strangest thing ever. Um, so 
here we go. So at 40,000 feet, um, this is what the winds look like, right? Um, and what was my point I was going to do? I, I'm getting blasted with text messages here. I can see that. We were talking about balloons and GPS. Okay, yeah. So so balloons, like if you put a balloon at 40,000 feet, it's going to go this way. But if you lower it down, the, the, the winds below that are going this way. So you can actually can keep a balloon in a relatively – an area. If you want it over New Zealand, you can keep it over New Zealand. Okay, if the earth was spinning, balloons would just be whipping around all over the place. You know, when uh, planes, when they, when they fly from, here's North America, if they want to fly to the Far East, they're going to go this way and follow these winds and come around. They don't go straight over the North Pole. They're just going to go around. Or when you want to go from Santiago, you're going to fly out here. You're going to get this two to 300 mile an hour tailwind. You're going to take it around. You're on a special plane that can actually go faster and boom, you're <laughs> over here in Australia. So, so the, the idea of GPS, um, the idea of GPS on balloons, I, I don't, it, if that was the case, there would be GPS everywhere, but there's no GPS over the Amazon jungle. There's no GPS in the middle of the Indian Ocean. There's no GPS between California and Hawaii. Okay. So, so what do you think GPS is? I think GPS is a ground base. It's the old Loran system with a graphic overlay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and and you know the, they had they had uh, Loran, which was you know intersecting towers, you know, and they triangulate things. And all of a sudden, they said, "Oh, now it's GPS," and they put a graphic overlay on it from high altitude high altitude shots, you know, from planes, from balloons, who knows? And and that's what it is, you know. If GPS was from satellites, GPS would work everywhere, and it doesn't. People that you know defend GPS think it works everywhere, but it doesn't. Track an airplane that leaves the coast of South America and it goes off GPS when it's about 100, 200 miles offshore. Okay. That's, I didn't think of it like that, but absolutely. So I got one, one again. So um, U.S. military trained snipers, right, to shoot. Coriolis. Part of their, part of their <laughs> shooting is curvature of the earth, right? Earth no. rotation. No, it's not. There's yeah. one video of a guy claiming that. This we've talked to we've talked to many snipers. Think about this: if you are a sniper, you have to know exactly where you are, what direction you're facing, because the spin is going to be different for everybody. By the time you figured it out, you're never going to ever ever hit your target. No one ever does that. There's there's submarines that are not submarines, um, warships that have these rail guns or whatever whatever the name of the gun is. It shoots out a projectile over a hundred miles and they're using lasers to pinpoint these targets, lasers, pencil thin lasers to pinpoint the target. Okay. At a hundred miles, there's a, oh, there's a mile a, over a mile of curvature. Okay. But they can see these targets and they can hit them and they're not calculating um, left, right spin. Now they may calculate drop because if you shoot a bullet, straight out and you drop a bullet at the same time, they're both going to hit the ground at the same time. So if you're shooting something that's super far away, you might have to shoot up and lob it a little bit. But, you know, but a, a sniper is shooting straight because that bullet's going so fast it doesn't drop, you know, very much at all. 
Well, there's elevations and scopes depending on the scopes you use, right? But we're talking elevation, so. Yeah, elevate, that's different. The The whole Coriolis is nonsense. You know, the earth spins out from underneath bullets, but not balloons, not airplanes, not. Well, see, um, that's what I was getting at, because uh, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the Marines, uh, not Marines, but in general, but snipers, you know, they got to calculate for all this stuff. It's even been in movies, right? So let's do. Oh, it's been in movies. Right. No, no, <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm saying, but think about it's it. It's true. even been in movies, right? So everyone hears this stuff. Everyone hears this stuff, and it's 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 belief, right? So I mean, it's been in. Do movies you know what? And- do you know what they make? Uh, uh, wizards make magic wands out of what kind of wood? Not really. I'm not into that stuff. Hollywood. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so um yeah so i guess we got through some of the more poignant questions is there anything we want to add today because it seems like a lot of the comments we are getting are going to be the above earth as we're talking space um and a lot of the questions are on the dome so but i remember you telling me specifically that we don't know what the dome is right that you don't know what the dome is um we don't know because we can't go there i think you know again we don't know we don't know if it's physical. You know, um, I, again, I don't lead with the Bible, right? But the, but the Bible says God separated the waters from the waters with a firmament, okay? But how can you not have a physical barrier holding, if the space is water, like an ocean, how could you hold it up? Think of a pot of water with a bubble stuck to the bottom, okay? That's a high-pressure system holding water above it without a physical barrier. What's holding it up? The, uh, the pressure, the water. I don't know. You know, maybe because it's so cold up there and the air pressure, it's holding up the waters in a dome. I don't know. Nobody knows. No, not nobody. None of us know. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the two points that make me, that made me start questioning some of the stuff that you've told me, right? Not, not questioning mm-hmm. you, but questioning some of the stuff that I've been taught, right? So there's two things that you've pointed out. Now, I'm not saying I'm on board, but I am saying I'm, I've been open to the idea because there's a couple of things. But the two main things I think which are more layman ideas is when you pointed out between the 20s and 30s that everything changed, right? That we were being taught flat earth. So a lot of people don't realize today, though, um, unless you ask your great-grandparents or your grandparents depending on how old you are, Right, that people don't realize that this was a new idea. This is not an old idea. Right. No, astrology and star charts and going by this, no, traveling by that, that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. That, right. You know about the Antikythera mechanism? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that showed the, the eclipses, the position of planets and the sun and the moon. And based on a flat earth cosmology, you know, we have these. We're, we're doing all of this, but the eclipses come on an 18-year cycle and repeat themselves. Does that make any sense to you? Well, we have How to come all of these spinning, whirling planets aren't tugging at each other? NASA can't model three bodies, let alone all of these bodies and all of the moons that this is even showing. All of these bodies have moons traveling around them too, chasing the sun, and none of them ever get tugged out of position. And everything repeats itself on these cycles. The sky is a perfect clock. You know, we have all of this going on, all of these motions that we can't feel, right? But the tiniest little earthquake you can feel. And we have, you know, we have lakes that do this, okay? 
game over. <laughs> game over. Well, like I said, for me, it was an interesting thing because I had never really looked at it from the uh, how young the science is, right? The the adopted science, we'll call it. Adopted science of the uh, solar system and the world is... A, soul lure system. They're <laughs> luring our souls away from uh, God. Okay, but... Okay. Uh, so it's a pretty young science. It's not even it's not even a hundred years old, by your calculations. Correct. It's it's not a hundred, and I think that's what people need to to listen to. And that was one of the first things you talked to me about, and that was one of the things that really okay. Well, if that's correct, then we have a lot of sciences today, uh, like for instance, psychiatry that's still in, in the infancy stages, right? And it's been around a lot longer, right? right? It's been around a lot longer. So I look at that was one of the key issues for me. Secondly, I've always thought this, and you pointed this out uh, too, which was nice. I didn't know about the actual dig though, was we've never been further than eight miles down. I've always wondered how the hell can we get to space, but we can't We can't get further down. Right. Right? I mean, it makes absolutely we, no we sense. We hit an impenetrable barrier. Maybe that's proof of another dome below us. And we're on another level above wow. it. That, that, okay. Now we're talking Hollywood stuff. We're, we're going to be hitting Middle Earth, brother. We're going to be hitting Well, that, we could. You know, the so here's two pictures of the moon, one from England, one from Australia, taken at the exact same time. And so the first question I ask is, how can you see it in the day sky? And how can you see the night sky? And, you know, ballers will say, well, you're looking through the night sky and the light's coming to you. And, and all right. But the people will throw out the fact that they're upside down you know, it means that one person's on top of the ball and one person's below the ball. And all I say is go on one side of your room, draw six on the ceiling in the center of the room, and then walk to the other side of the room and look at the six. Okay? It's now a nine, mm -hmm. and, you're, and, you're, and your floor is a sphere. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, that was that was the two. I got to be honest; those were the two main sticking points, and they were the first couple of points that you made on the first conversation with me. That really right. that really stuck with me because one of them was one I was always thinking my whole life: That's how are we getting the space, but we're not getting further down? How do we not know about more about where we live, the bottom of the ocean, what's underneath what we do know, right? But yet we've been to another planet. That was one of the things that always kind of. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. We have enough enough technology, enough money to get up, but we can't go down. Made absolutely no sense that we would even waste our time doing it. But hey, that's the world we live in, right? So, right. I just wanted to be honest with you and say, okay, well, these are the two major points above others you have. The two main sticking points that really said, okay, David's got some really good theories here because one's one I've been thinking my whole life, and and two, it's. I never really looked at this as a young science. I got to be honest. Ever since I've been taught you know, it. A lot of flat earthers don't even look at it that. Some people think, you know, don't realize that it's been around longer than we thought. Um, for those of you that, that are watching that are, you know, haven't, think we're crazy, whatever, um, don't Google flat earth. You're just going to end up at the Flat Earth Society, which is not us. It's, it's a government-controlled, mind-controlled website to make you laugh at flat earth. If you want to find the truth, get my app, okay? It's $2.99, and every day you get a new video, okay? Well, I can't point to the video. On the bottom <laughs> left, you get a featured video of the day, and then you get the archive videos also. 
the question mark will bring you to the top 21 questions, which we've only started gotten through some of them in the last two interviews. There's all sorts of information. It shows you how seasons work. It shows you, you know, the sky is the perfect clock. It shows you that, uh, you know, the stars mark the seasons, the moon marks the months, the sun marks the hours. Um, you can show you what time it is, you know, in other, in other countries. Oops. Turn that back on. So wherever the sun is, is noon. So like right now it is 8 a.m. in Australia, right? And it's 5 p.m. where I am. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it'll really, it'll, you know, I tell, tell people take the Flat Earth app challenge, watch the featured video every day for two weeks, and you will know that you don't live on a spinning ball. And then you can take it from there. Well, like I said, I've always appreciated your time. I mean, ever since we started doing this, it's been a, a very interesting experience and a positive one. I mean, for the most part, it's been a very positive experience. Challenging to wrap your head around some of this because it takes a lot of overcoming some of the stuff you know to actually look at this. Um, but I want to tell people, too, that, listen, even though I'm not 100% on board and I'm, you know, I've always questioned everything mm-hmm. I've ever been taught, maybe it's just – makes up some of us we you know we just sometimes don't. you don't know there's a question there to ask sometimes you don't know there's a question there to ask but i think everyone should question everything that they've ever been taught because you know one of the things that even since i've been around and i'm not old right is science and supposedly changes everything so you know First, it was, you know, when we were growing up, it's Christopher Columbus founded the new world. Then it was, wasn't Christopher Columbus all of a sudden. Then it was the Vikings. Then it's this. Then it's that. You know, everything's always changing. But why is it changing? We never asked the question why, you know. Um, and did we get it wrong the first time? And are we getting it right now? And that was the one thing, again, I want to go back to. It's one of the first things you said, that this was a young science. This was 1920s, 1930s time frame. And it was like a flip of the switch. So no one's ever challenged that even today with it being less than a hundred years old. It was the beginning of the takeover of the world. And right now in 2020, we are experiencing the end of the takeover of the world. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> not the end of the world. Not the that, end of the world. Not the end of the world, but they are taking over. This is a plan. These people work in much longer time frames than we think is possible. Okay. This started in the early 1900s, this takeover. This was all engineered. Everything that we're going through has been engineered for this time that's happening right now. Well, it's, I mean, that's – I'm not going to say sensational. I'm going to say it's it's a big statement to make, but it's also a, a hard thing to prove. I mean, because what you're talking about is not – per se a person i think that's the problem as we speak we always look at things and speak as thing as an individualistic nature to do something of this mass scale would be you don they lied to us about the ground underneath our feet for almost a hundred years they've convinced us we live on a spinning ball lost in infinite space in a godless universe when the fact is we are at the center of creation they've taken away our divinity or at least they've tried okay and people are operating lost and you don't operate so well when you're lost but when you have your feet firmly planted you can 
you can make better decisions and use your true power. Well, you know, it's one of the things I've always talked about with people is people need to question everything. I think you need to open your mind and find out more than one solution to any problem. And I think if you can do that, then you just always say, well, this is the best solution. But as long as you keep an open mind to things, you know, it always allows for growth. It allows for learning. And again, though, I think the problem here is society has created a system to where this is what you need to know. This is why it's true. And no one ever gets to question that. I mean, seriously, it's like when you talk to a school teacher, why is this this way? Because it's, it's in the book. That's well, the way well, they were taught. Teachers, teachers become teachers because they're the best at memorizing and regurgitating. Right. The okay? book. You know, yeah. They remember the, 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 you can memorize and repeat what's in the book. You can teach it to the next generation. Right. Okay. Because you know it the best, you know the. I think I think we talked about it on the other show, the stories of Aristophanes five hundred years ago with sticks and shadows measuring the size of the Earth. That was a made up story in the nineteen eighties that was stuck into the Rockefeller textbooks. Oh, really? Okay, and inserted into the school system. Made up story. Now Aristophanes is a mathematician that lived back then, but there's no there's lots of books that came out of that area, math you know about math and whatnot. No one ever mentioned Aristophanes. Okay. Uh, because, you know, he's the most famous mathematician in the world. He figured out the size of the globe. That's nonsense. The, the oldest book found that mentions that experiment is in the 1980s, and it's in a Rockefeller textbook, okay? Okay, they are, they are manufacturing our history. You know, the whole Tataria thing is a, an incredible rabbit hole. I mean, you look at the buildings that were built in the, supposedly in the late 1800s, early 1900s, with horse and buggies. They built these buildings with horse and buggies with giant domes and towers and big stones. It's nonsense. I mean, they're still around. They're all around you. There's probably one within walking distance of where you live, a building that's impossible to be built when they had horse and buggies. They'd have a hard time doing it now on some of these buildings with modern cranes. Okay. This is from a, a previous civilization before us. We're told that we're at the pinnacle you know, I'm a, I'm of intelligence. We are dumbing us down. Well, I'm going to challenge that. And the only reason why I'm going to challenge you is this. Um, I have always had this belief. I'm going to call it a belief, okay? Um, that previous generations before me were smarter than me. Let, yeah. me, explain, let, me, let me explain why. Um, and I'm not being mean to any of my generation and younger. I'm just being honest. And let me explain why. Because – Back then, you actually had to know, retain the information, and then reteach the information outside of a book. You had to learn it. And a lot of aspects, like apprenticeship, you actually had to learn it, right, and then make it better. You actually had to think for yourself, right? And you don't get that today. What we have is, yes, we may be smarter, but in a different way. We have a lot more resources than those people sure. had at their disposal, they had to do a lot more with less. So I've always said for a very long time that previous mm -hmm. generations were a lot more educated generations because they weren't sitting in front of a TV. They were reading books. They were challenging ideas. They were being creative. They had to do more with less to make life better. So today we always fall back on someone else is going to create something. Someone else is going to do something. We live, in, we live in a someone else society, and then when someone does it, we'll either buy it or we'll watch it. That's, that's the amount to most of people's lives. 
I, I agree. I mean, now, you know, people, um, people just, they, you know, they, they want to, you know, Hey, I heard about a cancer cure and then they go online and they look it up and they're just going to find information, crappy information that tells them that it's not true. Okay. You know, and then they're like, Oh, that must be it. People are lazy in their research. They're not using their minds, but um, I agree that people, you know, a few generations ago, just like you said, had to really use their minds and their resources um, to, to do stuff. But Something happened in the late 1800s where society was reset. Okay, there were you know 1860 was the was it the Civil War, and then 1940 was World War One, I, I believe, two, two. and World that's War eight, World War Two. So that's 80 years apart. 80 years from that is 2020. So what does 20? What's what's going to happen now? I don't know, but it, there seems to be a cycle of 80 years. It's called COVID. I, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's called COVID, but you know they got that they got that cure now, ninety percent good, you know, ninety percent cure for a disease that has a ninety nine point nine eight percent survival rate. I, I think I, I'll just go with the disease and not the untested vaccine. Right, exactly. But you know, hey, everyone's going to buy it. Someone's got to make money, right? Yeah. No. You know, well, think of th- 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 just jump on subjects for a second. Big Pharma wants to make every penny off of you. You know, you need an EpiPen. It's going to cost you more than you can afford. You need life-saving medicine. You know, whatever it is, they're going to charge you a fortune for it. Flu shots, they're free. And you get a food coupon too if you get your flu shot. You right. know why? Because these shots, in my opinion, this is my opinion. This is not medical advice, um, is – Without vaccines, people would be a lot healthier and they wouldn't be able to sell all the medicines that they sell. Well, I'm not sure if it's that. I've always I've always looked at it this way. You know, actually, I'm not going to jump on that. We'll jump on this. You know, I'm not a, a Trump train supporter. I'm definitely not a Biden fan. Um, but I will I will say this, that um, the only thing when it comes to medical that I truly thought Trump did good was that Nate uh, was that that. Uh, First Nation when it came to drugs where, you know, you have to give us the same price that you're charging the cheapest country in the world. I mean, that was supposed to go into effect next year. That would have been no dramatic in itself for anybody who's paying for medications. And I just fear that that's going to go away because there's so many people like with who need insulin or or crazy things. It's just going to go away. But that's a whole whole different subject for a whole different time. We jumped on that good food. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, All right. listen. Just keep keep looking in the flat Earth. If you have the app, watch the video every day, and you'll uh, well, you know, you know you'll just learn app. a little more every day. What's you know, that? You know, I got the app. You you helped me download the app. I got the app. We I, did it the I last forgot. Time. I yeah. assumed you have it. Yeah, but, I got uh, it. And so, and what, make sure when anyone that gets the app, make sure you turn on. I, I know people hate getting push notifications. Turn on the notification if you want to learn. Because you get, I just do one notification a day when the new video comes out. So you know what's up, you know what it's about, you know whether you want to click on it or not. I got it. I'll make sure we put that in the video. But just, I'm going to say thank you right now. I'm going to okay. stop the recording right now. I'll just hold on for one second, okay? All righty. See you.